Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. We're in a series called Happily Ever After, and there's no marriage in, in my life that's had a greater impact than Keith and Kay's marriage. And so as we honor our pastor, I, I want you to know that that's, that's the real deal because they've honored one another over 30 years of marriage. And we've learned a lot and we're gonna continue to learn a lot. And so I'm excited for this series. Uh, it, it's an amazing series. I was a little bit uh, concerned though when Keith asked me if I would come and share, I was, my first response was kind of like, kind of my approach to life. Absolutely, sure. And then my, my next question, which I realized I probably should have answered before I asked, asked, answered the first one was, what's the topic? Because <laughs> the topic is pursuing a perfect marriage. And I was like, well, Keith, I think you got the wrong guy. Because um, 17 years ago when my wife and I got married, um, in the space of 24 hours through the wedding dance and the gift opening, I lost my wedding ring twice. And so I, it didn't get off to a great start. <laughs> in fact, I, I was... I was thinking about that, and it's, by, it's literally by God's grace and faithfulness that I still have it. It's actually the same one that bounced across the dance floor when I got, the night I got married. So um, really understanding that this topic humbles me, and I just have a confession to make. I don't know anything about a perfect marriage. Nothing. So I guess we're going to get out early today. <laughs> is there, is there a, another song or something, Chris, or... So I, don't, I don't know anything about it. But I, have this, I do have this strong belief that God does. His, his idea, he created it, he ordained it, and he gave us the instruction book. A few weeks ago, we talked about the blueprint. You see, God's given us the blueprint, and I believe that if we tune in, we can hear what he has to say about marriage. What if we actually followed the directions that he's given us for marriage? Do you think that would make our world a different place? I believe it would. I believe it would. And so today, as we open up God's word, if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open up to Ephesians chapter five. We're gonna look, because the world has a way, but the word is the way. And we're gonna look at that today. Because there's a real tension, as you're turning to Ephesians chapter five, there's a real tension. Because although we would admit and we would agree that there are no perfect people, and there are no perfect marriages, there's no disagreement. Here's the tension. All of us, deep inside of us, expect to be loved perfectly. Do you know how I know that? Because every time my wife doesn't treat me perfectly, or my kids don't love me perfectly, or my friends don't treat me perfectly, guess what happens to me? I get frustrated. Because I've got this expectation that people are going to love me perfectly. And I have to tell you this, that tension, that desire that we all have to be loved perfectly is there for a reason. God gave it to us. He gave us that desire and he is the only one that can fill it. You see, I wanna encourage you as we move forward that God has given you a desire and he's given you an ability to be loved perfectly but not by anybody here. It's only by here. You see, God's given us that desire and contrary to what the world says, there is no Mr. or Mrs. Right. There isn't. 
there's only one Mr. Right. His name is Jesus. And the reality is this, we so often try to fill this desire with the pleasures of this world and with the people of this world. Now, I don't know about you, how many of you would say you believe in love at first sight? Okay, some of you, okay, not a majority, certainly. But you've heard of love at first sight. I, I, would, I would encourage you to think about it this way, love at first sight, I, I believe it's possibility. But if I were you and you believe in that, I wouldn't take a second look. <laughs> because the minute you do, it begins to change. I think our world's definition of love at first sight more often is about lust and about us than it is about love, real love, the love that Jesus talked about. And so as we begin this journey this morning, and that's what I hope that we can do together, is join on a journey of pursuing a perfect marriage, not in our strength or my strength, but by God's word. And so as we begin this journey, I wanna encourage you to think about this happily ever after, and that it's not a fantasy or a fairy tale, it's a possibility if we understand how it works. Because as we said, Jesus told us, he said that with man or woman, it is what? With man, it is what? But with God, amen. Amen. So let's, let's join together. If you have your notes, I'd encourage you to take them out. Where do we start this pursuit? Where does this pursuit begin? It begins right up here. Number one, I want you to fill this in. We need to engage the mystery. You see, it begins in our mind understanding that God's marriage is a mystery. It is an absolute mystery. We have to understand that before we even begin, realize that what he has done is mysterious. We won't comprehend it. A couple weeks ago, Keith said that marriage is the great enigma. I thought that was a really good line, especially after I looked it up to find out what enigma means. <laughs> An enigma just means something that doesn't make sense. So, so what it means. Here, here's, the, here's the enigma. Listen, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Mind blown. Those of you that know my wife realize that I completely outkicked my coverage. My wife is amazing. She's, she's brilliant. She's beautiful. She's caring. She's considerate. She's extremely patient with me. She's pretty much all the things that I'm not. She really is. She is amazing. The, the fact that she left her mother and father and joined me, that's a mystery. Some of you men in the room can relate to this. I'll ask, I won't point it, I know some of who you are too, so I won't point you out. <laughs> the reality is, men, we, we can really, we can probably, we point ourselves out. Anybody? I'll kick their coverage like me? Tim, Pastor Tim, yep. His hand shot up real quick. <laughs> that was good. It, it's true. Here's the reality. This won't shock any of you, but men and women are different. My wife and I are different. We're very different. This won't shock you because... Men and women are different. Anytime two people get together, there's going to be problems. I'm serious. If you're thinking about marriage, I just want to give you a heads up. It's going to be full of problems. Maybe not in the first or the second day, but over time, it's going to be difficult. But that's not the mystery that we're talking about. Listen to how Paul continues. He says, the mystery, verse 32, is profound 
And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Here's the mystery, folks, that God wants to be with us. He, he wants to be with us. He wants to hang out with us. He wants to not just go out with us. He's come after us, and he's also made it possible. That's the mystery. The, the Bible reveals the breathtaking, mysterious possibility that God and mankind could be united. Let, let me say it in terms a little bit more subtly. It's the greatest love story ever written. It's the greatest love letter ever written. That's what God's word is in his story. Romans chapter 5 says this, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God doesn't just permit us. It's not like he lowers his standards. God doesn't just allow it. He's made it possible. His son dying on the cross makes it possible for us to have a relationship with him, a mysterious union. It's an absolute mystery. Here's the second thing we need to remember when it comes to starting this journey. It's a mystery, number two, we need to realize that it's going to take a miracle. It's not just a mystery. We have to expect a miracle. And, and I want you right now, touch your heart right here. This is where the miracle needs to happen. In order for happily ever after to be a possibility, you and I need to understand that our heart needs a miracle. We, we need God's touch to experience happily ever after. We need to be transformed. We need a miracle. Marriage is not possible without new life. You see, I, I work uh, as a pastor, and so there are times when I'm working with brides and grooms. And many times in those conversations, you would think that the most important thing for a marriage is that you book a place to have the, the wedding, a reception hall. You get the food and the DJ, the guests, the gifts. You would think that that's all required to be married. Do you realize that none of that's required to get married? <laughs> but you wouldn't know that if you're talking with a couple that's planning to get married. You wouldn't realize that because we put so much emphasis on one day of your marriage. I, I, was, I was guilty of that myself. We spent a lot of time, a lot of energy planning for one day. And here's what I want you to know. You've probably heard this before, but it's a reality. It's a spoiler alert. For those of you that have been married, you understand this. Your wedding day is actually the least important day of your, of your marriage. It, it's, it's, it's unimportant. In fact, what's more important is actually day two. And how much time is spent focusing on day two? I remember I was a school teacher. I taught sixth grade. I was so excited. Lincoln, Nebraska, I'm teaching at Ruth Hill Elementary. It's a dream come true. I'm loving it. Day two, I was like, now what do I do? I used all my best stuff. And the next 182 days were rough. Because <laughs> I, I, I literally put everything on the, on the first day. How many times do marriages happen that way? It's so true. We, we, need, we need to understand that it's not in our power. A perfect marriage is possible, but it's going to take a miracle. God gives us a glimpse of what this miracle looks like in Ezekiel. We're just, you don't have to turn there. The words will be on the screen. But Ezekiel chapter 36, Jesus is giving a vision through the prophet Ezekiel of what this miracle looks like. He tells Ezekiel to tell the people of Israel, for I will take you out of the nations. Okay, imagine the, the dating analogy here. I'm going to take you out. 
okay? I'm going to take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle you with clean water on you. Okay, guys, if you're going on a date, it's probably a good idea to take a shower, okay? That'll help some of you a lot. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all of your idols. That takes more than a shower, okay? That's a miracle. Verse 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You see, the human heart is desperately wicked. It's amazingly selfish. It is incredibly wicked and twisted. Pastor Keith shared two weeks ago, the blueprint is we have to be, to, to experience happily ever after, we have to be selfless and committed. <laughs> it's a lot easier said than done. And it's gonna take a miracle. It's gonna take a miracle. I mean, there's a lot of things that I can do on my own. There's a lot of things you can do on your own. This will surprise some of you greatly, especially those that know me. I actually got myself dressed this morning all by myself. Well, almost, well, yeah, all by myself. Just a little bit of help. Um, combed my hair, brushed my teeth, got myself breakfast, all by myself. I mean, it was all DIY. Do it yourself. But you know what I've never heard? I've never even thought of this. Do you know anybody that's had a DIY heart transplant? I mean, there's a big building on this other side of town that kind of has made a living on doing that. Okay, there's a lot of people that make a living in that process. Has anybody ever found a, a, a video on YouTube that can show you how to do a DIY heart transplant? I uh, thought that would be more funny, but um, <laughs> maybe some of you know something I don't. Okay? I mean, I've popped some pimples before by myself. But a tr heart transplant's a whole other thing. See, it's going to take a miracle, and you can't do it. Jesus said what? With man, it is but with God, even a heart transplant, even a heart transplant. See, God promises us through Ezekiel. He's giving us a picture. He's giving us a prophecy that he would bring all people. He would transplant their stone, dead, cold hearts for living, fleshy, loving hearts. But he doesn't stop with the heart. He continues on with the whole picture. In 37, God speaks through Ezekiel, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Permit me to add, is happily ever after possible? I love Zeke's response. Listen to what he says. Sovereign Lord, you alone know. It's a great question that God asks Ezekiel, and he goes, um, you tell me. I don't know. It doesn't feel possible. They look, these people look pretty dead. It doesn't appear that a little CPR is going to help them. I'm pretty sure that they're, they're is DOA, dead on arrival, but that's the approach that you and I need to take to our marriages. The chances of us raising dead bones is extremely slim. We can't do it. God can. Verse 4, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, 
Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. It's pretty powerful. It's a miracle. It's going to take a miracle. You want to experience happily ever after? Let me just encourage you. You're going to need some help. So turn to somebody next to you and say, you're going to need some help. You're going to need some help. Okay. All right. Now let's get real. Now turn to him and say, you're going to need a miracle. <laughs> it's true. It's going to take a miracle. Happily ever after doesn't just happen. It takes a miracle. God promises this miracle. In fact, it's an act of new creation. It's the difference between being alive and being dead. Anytime somebody moves from death to life, we call that a miracle. Those of you that have been present for the birth of a child, it's universally described as what? A miracle. That's a miracle. Look at that kid. It's a miracle. Those two people made that kid miracle. Right? Death to life. It's a miracle. It takes a miracle. But the new creation that God gives us, Paul writes about in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, therefore, if anyone, say it with me, is in, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. You see, it's a miracle. It's new desires, it's new attitudes, it's new actions. That's where happily ever after begins. If you want to experience happily ever after, if you want to pursue a perfect marriage, you have to realize that you're not going to do it by yourself. It's going to require a new heart. You're going to need some cardio. You're going to need a new one. Paul writes this, Romans, Romans 6. He says, but thanks be to God. He's, he's giving credit where credit's due. That you, who were once slaves of sin... You who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and have being set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. It's a mystery and it's a miracle. It's a mystery and a miracle. I believe it with all my heart. I gave you some, some kind of some DOA, some... What do these letters mean to you, those of you that are fans of this particular series? T-W-D. Good, good. I heard a few, good. I'm glad there wasn't more. Um, I've tried to like it because it's been such a popular series, The Walking Dead. I'm not recommending it or encouraging you watch it. I actually tried to like it, but I can't. I can't stomach it because it's so twisted. I, I mean, and it's not a new thing. Like zombie movies are a big deal back in the 20s with silent movies. It's always fascinated us because it's the exact opposite of the truth. See, the truth is when God breathes into you and he gives life to you, you, become, you move from living to dead. I think I missed this scripture. Are we, do we have this one? Ephesians 2. Do we, do we have that? Okay, we good. Good. Perfect. This is Paul writing. Listen to this and, and think about a zombie. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. Think about that. You're dead, but you're living. 
You follow the ways of this world and the ruler of the king of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires. I think we get the idea here because what needs to happen, the mystery, the miracle of the gospel is that you and I can move from death to life. It's who we are. It's who he is. It's what he's done. It's the miracle. And so right now, I want to take just a moment and I want us to pray because there might be someone here who might be feeling inside of them, you know, I feel dead. I feel like walking through and stumbling through life like a zombie. I don't feel alive. I feel that my life is a shadow of what it should be. I feel that my marriage is a shadow of what it could be. There's a real possibility that that's because you're walking in your sins. You're not living the life that Christ has for you. And so I want to take a minute, if you would, just close your eyes, bow your heads, and I want to lead you in a prayer to breathe life by God's Spirit into your life, into your marriage, into your relationships. Father, we don't understand. Marriage is a mystery. At best, we're stumbling along. But Father, we believe your word and I pray right now that you would do a miracle inside of me. God, would you turn my heart by the power of your spirit into a living, beating, breathing heart that can experience new life in you. I don't know how it all works, but I believe that you can do it. I give this to you now in Jesus' name I pray, amen. With man, it is, but with God, that's right. So why do we get stuck? For those of you that have committed your lives to Christ, for those of you that are walking in Christ, guess what? It still is difficult. We still get stuck. There's lots of reasons for it, but I want to share one with you today. One of the reasons that we get stuck is because we're caught staring in the mirror. Instead of staring into the blueprint of Scripture, instead of bending a knee, taking a knee before the, our Lord and Savior, we tend to think that our thoughts, our ideas, our plans are what will make it work. We go to Barnes & Noble, we pick up the latest book on relationships, and we think that's going to help us. And that might help us. But it's like trying to put blush on a zombie. If we stare at ourselves, we're only going to get so far, and we're not going to be able to resurrect ourselves. You see, the world doesn't have the ability to breathe life into us. But God's word does. God said this about you. He said, I made you in my image. I crafted your inner parts. I made them beautiful. You are amazing. You're one of a kind. Paul goes on to write that you are a masterpiece. God's workmanship. You see, what is it that you believe about who you are? If you stare in the mirror, you're not going to get the reality. You're going to get the pain. You're going to see the brokenness. We stare at ourselves looking for a reason. Our human minds struggle to comprehend the enormous capacity of God to love and forgive us. And we get stuck when we focus on the mirror and our mess and we forget to look to the master. We, we forget to take into account what he has said and what he has done for us. Let me ask you a question. What would your life be like if you could see yourself and those around you the way God does.
What if you could see yourself in that light, the way he does? Listen to how he describes it through the prophet Isaiah. He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. You see, you see brokenness. God sees beautiful. You feel pain, but Jesus promises purpose. You, you carry burdens in your relationships, in your marriage. You carry these burdens. God is just waiting to unleash the blessings. See, we, we have this tension and we get stuck because we're staring at the mirror. We're staring at our own stuff. How many of you have ever been in that moment? Maybe it's just at the hospital or just after getting home and someone holds up their little baby to you and says, isn't he beautiful? Isn't she beautiful? As pastors, we kind of get this a lot sometimes, you know, like people say, isn't this kid amazing? And, what, and what's going on inside your mind? Oh, yeah. here's a stocking cap. Cut some holes in it and pull it down. Like, right? Have you guys ever had one of those? Like, look at our beautiful baby. Cheevers. Are you going to convince mom or dad of that? No. No. You've heard the saying, right? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Let me ask you a question this morning. Who's holding you? Amen. What does God say about his baby? Beautiful. I told Chris I was going to do this because I was preparing for this message. Um, I grew up in the 80s. Most of the things I learned in the 80s about love and marriage, I learned through watching The Wonder Years. <laughs> okay, that'll explain a lot of things. Uh, but Joe Cocker sang that theme song, and Joe Cocker has a song that uh, I've prepared for you tonight that I want to sing, but I need your help, okay? A little help for my, you, you get the, that's just, that was another song that he sang. Um, you are so beautiful to me. <laughs> you are so beautiful to me. You're everything I've hoped for. <laughs> You're everything I need. You <laughs> do, you, do you know that Jesus sings that song to you? You're beautiful to him. You might not feel beautiful. I got to tell you, I don't feel beautiful all the time. But Jesus says you are. Jesus says that I am. Amen? Amen. See, that's the truth. I want to I share with you this, this passage 2 Corinthians chapter 5, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Let, let me just add in there, who was beautiful so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me just add that we might become beautiful. 
He's made us into something we can't be. He's made us into one. Here's my invitation. We need to look in the mirror sometimes, okay? There are times when we need to look in the mirror. There are times when we need to look in the rearview mirror and learn from the past. But we can't get stuck in the mirror or in the rearview because we have to look into the word, to what the master says. How do we do this? How do we then keep going? We get stuck looking in the mirror, but how do we keep going even when we don't feel like it? How do we do it? Number one, we need to be vulnerable. If you have your notes, nurture vulnerability. Notice that we use the word nurture because it's not our nature. We have to nurture it because it's not natural to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is something that we learn when we get close with God. Imagine being any more vulnerable than Jesus Christ was on the cross. He's given it all. And he invites us to do the same. How do we grow? It's not, it's not, a, it's not three easy steps. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that lives in the face of fears. That's what vulnerability is. We need to nurture vulnerability. If there's one thing we can learn, take away from happily ever after, it's we need to be okay not being okay and letting others know. Here's the next one. We need to get weak. We need to get weak. Here's what Paul writes. God said to me, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. With man, it is what? But with God, amen. If we're gonna move on this journey, we need to understand what Francis Chan said. Francis Chan said this in his book, You and Me Forever. He says, in an age of disposable marriages, it's nice to get a snapshot of commitment, longevity, and some of the beauty God intended for marriage. We see that primarily in the cross. But there's a movie that came out about 10 years ago that I believe depicts marriage. In fact, America would agree with me because the movie Up became the highest grossing animated 3D film of all time. $735 million, it received universal acclaim. It won two uh, of those, what are those things called? Emmys? Everybody liked it. Um, And I I think it struck a chord with America because it's something that we're missing in America. Happily ever after happens when two people passionately pursue Christ doesn't come from looking in the mirror, doesn't come from looking at each other. As Pastor Keith has said so many times, it becomes when we focus on God, and then we begin to live that out with those around us. Love God, love people is going to happen. I believe up is part of the celebrate story I shared with you at the beginning of the service. Pastor Keith and Kay have been married for 30 years. 20 years they've given to this community. They've given to this church. And as we honor our pastor and his wife and their ministry, I want you to understand something. That God honors this church. He honors you for being here. He honors us when we honor each other. That's what Happily Ever After is all about. I'm more in love with Celebrate than I was 15 years ago when I walked through the doors. Do you know why? Not because Celebrate is some perfect church. 
All of you know that if you've been to celebrate more than a week, you know it's not perfect. But Jesus is. His love is perfect for us. And we can only experience in the context of family, in the context of the church, where God intended for us to do it. Would you join me as we pray? Father, we thank you for the gift of marriage. I thank you for the gift of Pastor Keith and Kay. I thank you for the unbelievable example that we've had over the years to see what you're doing and your vision, not for a church, not for an organization, but for a body, for a union. Father, help us. We need a miracle. Every single one of us, beginning with me, has a heart that's broken, a heart that needs mending, and I can't do it myself. We need you. Father, I pray for anyone here today that's seeking you. God, I feel pray that they would experience and feel your presence in this place and that they would simply just surrender in this moment. Just say these words, Father, I've gone wrong. And I know the only way is through a miracle. I need a miracle. Please touch my heart. Give me a new heart. Give me your heart. The best I know how I pray it right now. In Jesus' name, by his blood, I pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.